Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. So good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all this morning. I, this is a much bigger crowd than I ever expected. Um, so it's, it's wonderful to see you all. <clears throat> um, so I'd like to send out, oh, you know what? Uh, Nancy, do you know how to record? Maybe we should do that. Oh, I'm recording right now. Oh, you are? Okay, didn't know that. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so anyway, I'd like to send out a welcome to everyone here in Austin and the Sanghas in Madison, England, Switzerland, Hawaii, Chicago, and Alpine, and other points in between. Uh, it's wonderful to have you all here. So uh, depending on your time zone, it will be good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. So today I would like to, to talk, to propose a question of whether loving kindness, compassion, and generosity really exist in Austin, Texas, in this country, in this crazy world that we're living in this today. So uh, I'd like to study the basis of this inquiry is, is on uh, the events of this last week during this winter storm, which lasted approximately from February 13th to February 17th. And it's aftermath, aftermath which is still going on for some people. Uh, so to begin, to begin with, I'd like to look specifically at Austin because that's where I live and that's what I have some knowledge about. So first of all, I'd like to kind of go over, which I'll, I'll, most of you know all this, but just to go over to form a framework of the uh, physical aspect of last week. So what happened? Um, so starting on that's Sunday, I guess. The subarctic temperatures began, they arrived on Sunday, along with sleet. At least I'm talking here in Austin again. It's a little bit different in Fort Worth, I think, maybe. Anyway, um, and then there were massive car collisions in specifically in Fort Worth and here in Austin as well. Uh, and then we got the heavy snow the following day, which was, um, with even colder temperatures, and some people got down to six degrees, I understand, in this area, some areas around Austin. So thus began the stress on the power grid and the problem with the frozen windmills in West Texas causing massive failure in the grid with extensive power outages. Um, and then, then we had the rolling blackouts that never seemed to roll. At the same time, we were told to run our faucets, right? From the beginning, run our faucets. 
all the time um, and to keep them from freezing and which cause a major, a major stress on the water supply eventually. And as a result, we ended up with really low pressures or uh, no water at all for some folks. <clears throat> um, so, and despite the, the uh, precaution of running faucets, some people such as myself um, uh, ended up with broken pipes and result in flooding. Now, I was fortunate uh, because I have a pier and beam house and it broke under the house. And so the water flooded out all right uh, into the yard. But, but some people, you know, it was in their, it, it was under their, in their house, the pipes were in the house and they broke and subsequently flooded the houses. And, and then other people had their roofs collapse, right? And in some apartments and some houses as well, uh, from the weight of the snow, the structure couldn't tolerate it. Um, and then last but certainly not least was the, the long, slow uh, grocery lines that wove around the buildings outside the HEBs and other groceries, which, uh, you know, doesn't seem so bad, but it was cold when you're waiting for an hour with a torn boot, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, um, and then once inside, people, uh, found stores uh, certain objects were not there, you know, like water was depending on when you went. Um, you couldn't find it and things like eggs and other items were, were absent. So um, initially in this town and in the country, there were a response institutional, what I call institutional responses, which is the warming shelters that crept up here and there in elementary schools. And people could go there to stay and you know, have cots and what. Um, the, the closing of the roads and businesses, which was a really smart idea. And from the get-go, pretty much since Monday, people were saying, stay at home. You know, that was the official word from the media, which was so important to have them say that because a lot of people were gonna stick to it and try to get out in the bad weather anyway, um, which is, problematic for other drivers, right? Collide into each other. So and the local media was, was doing that, these constant updates of what's going on with, with everything. Um, and then uh, the national and international media, which surprised me, you know, had a lot of stories and consequently, you know, people from all over uh, were getting calls, some internationally. And I know I got calls from uh, my mother and my um, cousins from Florida. Uh, so that was, that was remarkable for me. Didn't expect that. Um, and then the national government with their pronouncement of the disaster is going to provide, you know, sort resources and services from FEMA and other agencies, disaster agencies for the city. <clears throat> well, all of Texas, actually. Um, and then the, another thing that really helped, I think, was the city council. Um, some uh, city council members were very, very good at responding daily with the latest update, what you could find, where you could go and call them in particular if you had some particular problem. Just fantastic. I, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised about that. The mayor also had a response to it all. Um, 
And uh, there was a eventual sanding of, of walkways, which was nice, <laughs> really nice. Um, and then at grocery stores, there were limits on purchases of certain items, such as water, that eventually took effect, which was important. So um, and I'd like to talk about the local response, but I, I would like to talk about it in terms of my own experience. Um, so uh, I'll just tell you my story. Um, so the first two days that the like uh, Sunday and Monday, I was on Easy Street. I had power and and water, and I was enjoying being out in the snow and playing and wandering through the neighborhood and watching the kids slide down the hills. And you know they were having a grand time. And you know if you got power and water, <laughs> snow is wonderful. Cold temperatures are okay. Um, so I was at some point I was feeling pretty guilty because I knew a lot of people were out of power from the get go. My brother was one of them. The first two days he was out of power, and so um, he called me up and asked if he could stay the night because I had power. Sure, sure, sure. So he came over, and um, <clears throat> so uh, I was up most of the night with him because he's a night owl. And uh, we were visiting and finally at three o'clock in the morning, you know, we decided to go to bed and, and I did too. But then Ollie started this, I, I don't know what up was up. I didn't know what, what was up with Ollie. He was just, Ollie's my dog, by the way. Um, kept fussing at me about one thing or another. And I'm going, what? You know, this is the time when we can go to sleep, you know? And so um, anyway, he was leading me into the, into the living room and we went into the living room and all of a sudden there's this loud crack and then thud, which was a branch in the front yard. And then as I looked out the window, I saw uh, uh, a yellow light, a flash, and then, uh, and then a pop. And that was the transformer for the street on the other side of me. And then we went to the other side of the uh, yard to, to look and see what was going on. And the same thing, there was a crack and a thud and a blue light um, flashing. And then, and there went the power. <laughs> so, um, and then, so I thought, oh God, Ollie, let's just go out to bed and get warm. And so, uh, we did, but he still kept fussing at me, you know, to, to be there. He wanted to go out and I'm going, no, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. So anyway, I finally dragged him to bed. And then the next morning, uh, well, yeah, the next morning, um, I got up and, you know, realized what had happened, that the, the back crash was a my apricot tree splitting in half from the front was a limb off my big tree. And um, and then I, I looked out and I saw a ton of water um, in the backyard. And I thought, gosh, I knew it was gonna rain, but I didn't think it would rain that much. So I decided, well, okay, my main concern here is I have no electricity, so we, I need um, firewood. And I didn't have any firewood. Well, I had three pieces, but they never have burned. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they don't burn. 
and um, I tried before and I still keep them. I don't know why they don't burn, but anyway. Um, so I went out and got my one by twos and whacked those up and, and, um, and then I started perusing the, the, uh, um, well, that's not true. I, I was bringing those inside and then I all of a sudden started really paying attention to the sound I heard. And it was a whirring sound and I, it took me a little while and I realized it was the, uh, it was apparently a generator. There's a, uh, assisted living home down the street from me. And so that was keeping the, you know, the older people safe, right? And that's safe and warm. And, and uh, so I thought, okay, that's what that is. And then I was paying a little bit more closer attention. And I realized that there was the sound of gushing, um, gushing of water. <laughs> and it turns out all that water that I thought was rain was actually a pipe that broke. So then it was a mad scramble to try to figure out how to turn off the water. And I got my water tool, you know, the little cutoff valve tool and went out. And, and um, it took me a while to figure out anyway how to do that. But then neighbors, a couple of neighbors came over and borrowed my tool. And, and anyway, between the three of us, we figured it out. So, so, then, um, so then I had two problems now. I had neither water or electricity. Um, so I did notice online that there were people starting to offer um, firewood. And so I got online and kind of put out a call. And, and uh, meanwhile, somebody that I knew was, had called me and said, well, I'm going to cancel the appointment I have with you today. Anything you need, we're doing well. And I said, well, if you got any firewood, it'd be good. And as it turned out, she had a ton of firewood and promptly brought some over later in the afternoon. Um, of course, that was after my power came back on, but still, it was nice to have it because the, the, the power was going on and off, right, for some time, and so it was unstable, so it was good to have that as a fallback. Um, and then, uh, so then it was down, okay, so I had heat, that was good, um, and I just didn't have water, and I have learned how much water I use. <laughs> it's a tremendous amount of water just to brush your teeth. Um, it takes a whole bottle of water. I mean, you've got to clean the brush in anyway. It's a, yeah, so um, much less washing dishes or boiling water for, for coffee or what have you. So it's a ton of water. So I, anyway, I had to go to the uh, store to buy some water. And in the interim, while I was Again, looking to find out what's going on in the city and what people are doing and whatnot. Um, there were people that were offering boiled water and non-boiled water and come get it. And people saying, we've got charging services. You know, we've got a long line out there, electrical line, come on over. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, so many offerings. It's just really tremendous. And I didn't need any of that, but uh, anyway, Oh, I needed water, but I thought, well, I'll go try to buy some first. So I went, happened to go to the, I um, was going to go to HEB. Oh, and some lady was collecting items for a warming shelter that the people showing up at the warm, warming shelter didn't, didn't bring any food. They didn't bring any water. They didn't have adequate clothing and gloves and socks and underwear. And 
So I thought, well, I'm going to go get water for myself. I might as well, you know, pick up some stuff for, you know, those people. So off I, I, I went in my car and <clears throat> the roads were starting to not be so icy. And, um, and so I went to the, the, the dollar store and it was, a, you know, had a lot of people in it, as you might imagine. And um, so I was, you know, getting snacks and whatnot. And then I was hunting for water and I, um, and, it, and ended up running into some, well, not really running into them, but anyway, we approached the water at the same time from different directions and had to navigate that in a real kind of tight, tight uh, aisle. And anyway, I got to talking with this guy. It's this African-American guy. And so I was asking him, I said, oh, so you're out of water. And he said, no, I might buying this for my daughter. You know, she ran out of water and bottled water. And then he said, and yeah, I'm getting some stuff for some other people. And I thought, oh, this is a nice guy, right? He's helping folks out. And anyway, so uh, as it turned out, I ended up behind him in the line and we're making our way up to the cash register. And as we approached the cash register, I heard him saying, no, 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 I'll get that. No, oh, no, I'll get that. You know, he was buying the groceries of other people. It just broke my heart open. It was just so sweet, just so sweet. And the people he was buying stuff for, you could tell that they, they couldn't afford much, you know, they, they had that look of, yeah. So, so it was just really, it was really wonderful to, to see this guy, you know, um, doing that. So anyway, I left there and went to the HEB and um, the HEB again had another line and I already stood in the line um, on Sunday night to pick up a few things for an hour. And so they had the same line out there going the different direction, but also in the ice. And I didn't want to, I just didn't have the patience for it. <laughs> I'll come back later. I'm not going to do this. So I ended up going home uh, with my water and snacks and stuff and trying to coordinate with the lady that was going to go to the shelter. And, and in the interim, I had heard uh, from a neighbor not far away that said, do you want a shower? I said, are you kidding? You have made my day. So that evening I went over to her house and and um, yeah, it's so nice to be invited into somebody's house. That doesn't happen much these days, you know, COVID and all that. But anyway, with mask, of course, and she invited me in and said, yeah, use, use as much hot water as you want and blah, blah, blah. And then when I came out from the shower, she said, oh, you know, a couple of people there with her, her granddaughter and some other person. And, uh, she said, well, would you like some coffee? I was like, coffee? Are you kidding? Yes. Um, and so I just sat down and then we just, we were like normal people sitting there uh, with our little masks on having a conversation. And I don't know about you guys, but I am starved for it. You know, I don't, don't think that that ever happens. Very rarely happens. So, um, so I was, I, I don't know, my, I'm so grateful for the whole thing. The shower was wonderful. The coffee was great. And the conversation was just life-saving I think you know you're, like, you're not alone in this situation right um uh so yeah and then that night I went home and, and burned my my wood and my one by twos and I had two nights with one by twos but the, the second night was also with the real wood that burned so that was a, a wonderful night and we were warm despite the fact that there wasn't 
Well, there was heat by then, I kind of think of it. So anyway, life was good. So um, uh, then there was a, the, the people next door offered, um, offered a, a five gallon bucket of water for me and a, and a the siphon thing makes it easier to get the water out. And anytime, come on over and get the water that you need and you have to boil it, but that's okay. And um, you know, and offering when they were going to get a meal to buy me a meal or not to buy me a meal, but to pick up food for me and which I didn't need, but it was very, very sweet. And, um, and then somebody else a couple of days later last night that offered a shower, didn't know the woman, but um, she offered a shower. And so I went over there and it was like this brand new, um, it was a guest room, I guess, upstairs above the garage. And it was so nice. It was like a hotel room. And she had little, little snacks, you know, she's feel free to take your snacks. And we've got water here, take your water and bring when I was going to go over there, she said, bring your bottles and, and you can fill up. And it's just like, just so incredibly generous. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was, that's been my experience, you know, where I feel this whole web of care, you know, sometimes we can feel so isolated, particularly during disasters, but then people show up and they're like, whatever you want. And, and I had noticed this um, during Hurricane Harvey too in Houston, um, we went down with Todd to help his um, sister and family out and people driving up from as far away as Dallas and Fort Worth and saying, getting out of the truck and saying, what do you need? We're here. We can pack. We can do, you know, whatever. Or here's some beer or here's, some water, you know, whatever. So I'm just so struck by it. So my evaluation of this situation has been that indeed there is a web of care out there. Um, and I think it comes forward, particularly in disasters. And I think it's important to to, to remember that. Um, so that's kind of my, my takeaway of it. Um, but I'm wondering, uh, I'm, I'm wondering what other people's experience were or is um, with regard to this um, situation. And on, on, on the one hand, and, and it's particularly what is their um, sense about, you know, the, the, the generosity or compassion or um, just basic kindness that's out there? What what has been your experience? And I'm particularly interested if anybody needs needs help at this point in time. So, I open the floor. Anyone who'd like to speak. Yeah, Anne. Lori, it reminds me there's a book that um, actually Peg recommended to me called Humankind. I don't know if anybody else here has read it, but it's partly just talking about how we are a very community-oriented species. And um, in World War II, when bombing was going to start in London, there was all these predictions that people were going to be like, fighting it out for supplies and 
very much looking out for them, just themselves. And instead, what happened was this um, great sense of community and people coming together and helping each other. Mm -hmm. And um, and so what you're saying um, reminded me of that and resonates. Mm -hmm. I also, just as another little aside, I don't know if y'all um, read the story about the HEB. I think in, I don't, I know I'm not remembering where it is, like Leander. This is a big, everybody not from Texas. This is a big grocery store chain here in Texas that's um, really renowned for its community involvement and um, just lots of other things. So that's really positive out there in the world. But um, their power went out. They had all these people in the store, like lines and lines of people <laughs> in the store. The power goes out so they can't run their pay terminals. And they just said, okay, just leave with your groceries. You don't oh. need to pay. Wow. And a person who wrote about it, made some post about it, said that was so like, everybody was just like so um, touched and happy. And then in the parking lot, it was like that goodwill extended and people were helping each other, like push cars and pick up their groceries if they dropped them or something. Anyway, so this is. Um, kind of a sweet thing in the midst of everything that unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. Yeah. I think there really is something to that. It's contagious. You know, it's like that guy I was seeing um, paying for everybody's groceries is like, you know, it just, it's contagious. You just want to, you want to do that. Yeah. Joan. Uh, we were without power for 88 and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> and 32 seconds. Uh, and uh, after two days, uh, the, the house was 46 inside and we were just pretty well staying in bed the whole time with covers and reading. And there was a knock on the door and uh, it was some neighbors, a woman with her three kids, and we had fresh snow, you know, that no, I said, kids have it that snow, you know, and they were just eating it like mad. <laughs> and uh, there were no hotel rooms to be had. And oh. she said, we have a reservation, and they had power. And she said, we have a reservation if you would like it. And uh, took about two seconds. And I said, we'll take it. <laughs> and uh, the, the roads were real dicey, but we were able to get there. And of course, in the hotel, they had had no supplies and the people working there were living there. And some of them had brought their family and they were working double shifts. And this guy, he said, I'm doing things I never have done before. And the, uh, at Lunch and dinner was the same food. It was two meats with either pasta or um, uh, rice. That's all they had. It was just what was in the kitchen. No salad, no, just nothing. Just those two dishes you could choose from. And the staff was so upbeat and caring. Uh, and of course there was no maid service and who cared, you know, yeah. that was the, you know, it was just, no one cared. We had a, a warm hall to walk in and get a little exercise. Uh, and then we came back home and there was no heat downstairs and uh, the hot water doesn't work. 
and uh, we got someone the next day so that I could turn the heat on if I connected two wires and he had to go get a thermostat the next day. And if it got too hot, you know, cause we didn't know how hot it was. Then I disconnected the wires. <laughs> and then like Laurie, I started hearing water pouring and it was outside fortunately, but it was our tankless heater, which was not working with had sprung a leak. And uh, I called my, the next day I called my plumber and he was able to talk me through getting that stopped for the most part. But I've had three different neighbors since we can come over there and bathe. And it's just very, and, you know, heard from my friend in Paris, uh, cousins in California. It's just very, very heartwarming. Oh, and, and then my neighbors that were here that stayed, they've been spending the night at other neighbors who have power. The people across the street all have power. Yeah. You know, wow. And it's just very, very touching how everyone has been reaching out and everyone, no one's been grumpy. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just been caring and trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Cody. Thank you, Joan. Yeah, so uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was in the army for a little while. So the actual, you know, loss of, we didn't lose power, but uh, we we lost our water for a little bit. And I was pretty used to that stuff because we would have to be in the field for months at a time. And, um, but uh, what we did was the night before we boiled a bunch of water and um, canned it. And then we filled the bathtubs. And then once we started realizing that we, we have to use maybe like two and a half gallons to flush. Then what I started doing was boiling snow. So I ended up boiling maybe about total, about 50 gallons worth of snow. Wow. I mean, a, a water, I have this like huge crawfish pot that I bought crawfish in. Uh -huh. and, and I had that joker rolling for like two days. Wow. And um, so one of, one of my buddies, uh, we're in this veterans group where we, uh, we talk about, you know, our issues or whatever. Um, I haven't been in a while because of COVID, but uh, he contacted this other guy, the the facilitator, and uh, he 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 contacted me because I live I don't live far away from him, maybe about half a mile, and he was like, uh, he needs help uh, cutting wood for veterans that can't heat their homes or whatever. So I'm like. You know, I'll do it, but then I got in my truck to uh to go to his house, and it was like 22 degrees outside, uh, ice all over the roads, um, and I couldn't get my truck out of my driveway. So, I so I tried to start my UTV, and I couldn't. It the tire was flat, so I was like, man, I'm I, I give up. But then I was like, you know what? It's just half a mile away. I can walk, and then I ended up walking and um chopping the wood and it was cold like i never, I never worked in that in those <laughs> kind of conditions before but uh you know i was like well worse come to worse you know it, i'll be i'll be fine and, and then the water came back on briefly to where i was able to take a bath and uh then it went back out the next morning and um it was just a it was just a mess but it, I, I was just more concerned about my family versus myself because i have 
a nine and a seven year old and uh, and my wife, of course. But like I said, I was pretty much used to, you know, not having electricity, having uh, without being without water uh, because of the military experiences. But it was just the cold that that I'm not used to. Oh, yeah. 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 Gosh, well, thank you so much for sharing, Cody. Oh, you're welcome. I figured you were going to try to help somebody and know how you are. <laughs> oh, Shashi asked a question on the chat. Um, does anyone have a number for a number? Yeah, I do. I have a, a couple numbers. Um, I'm I'm on a list, and they told me a couple of days, and it's been already probably four days but but it's the important thing is to get on the list to get on the list so i will where is she she there you are um so i will send that to you at the end and uh, give you both those numbers and see if you can get uh, in touch with them is there anybody else that needs anything <laughs> 